You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. YouTube members, we're, uh, we're sticking to the member chat. If we have time, we'll open it up for non-members, but we haven't had time so far. So if you want to chat, you have to pay us money. Uh, well, also, good capitalists. Yeah, good capitalists. Uh, well, no, honestly, it kind of it's because here's what happened is when we didn't do this, it was hard to get through to everybody, and in, this just allows us to prioritize based off of the people that we realize you know might have more of an incentive to uh, ask the questions, and so it's nominal. It's three bucks a month. It's not massive. You could even subscribe and then cancel if you just have one question to get answered. We usually charge about fifteen hundred dollars an hour for consulting, so it's actually pretty expensive. Yeah, what I want to do is I want to start repurposing this into content, like like uh, what's the TikToks or something. Um, so uh, drop your questions into the chat stream. But I've got a um, I've got a comment in the members only section on YouTube. Um, I'll show you all what it looks like. And uh, what I'd like to do is make sure that we don't let anybody monopolize the chat. So if you've got a question, ask it in the comments. And we're going to go through everybody's question once. Uh, and then once we've gone through it, if we have time, we'll circle back around. And then if we have time, we'll open it up. Uh, Let's do it. Globals. Um, very first one comes from John. Oh, wait, first, we have to shout out our new members. So, new members since last week Jay Z. Uh, I hope that's the Jay Z. Jay Z's a member? Yeah. <laughs> Jay Z likes Solutions 8. Uh, Brenda Oropeza, John Ray, thanks for joining. Akash, Lumba, Arms of Andes, Stephen Papa, Himanshu, Toy Schnip, Benjamin Watson. Goncalo Botello, Mo Nelson, R. Burp. I think it's Robin Burpy, by the way, from 3X. Hey, Robin. Uh, and then everybody else was from last week. So thanks to our new members. Appreciate you. Question number one, John, are you ready? I'm ready. John Ray, performance max question. I run an agency focused on helping real estate agents get home seller leads. Currently, we spend about 60 grand a month on YouTube ads, generating about 1,000 leads a month. I've been slowly transitioning these YouTube-specific campaigns over to PMAX, and we're continuing to see PMAX get better results. Yeah. Uh, my question is about multiple audience signals and how many to have. I've got some campaigns that have just one asset group with one big audience signal that includes past leads, retargeting, and market audiences and custom audiences. I've heard you guys say, uh, though, to separate each of these signals into separate asset groups to so each group has only one signal, which I've also done for some other campaigns. Although I've only got about four weeks of data, I'm seeing similar results between both approaches. Any comments on which I should continue to focus on given that I'm specifically doing lead generation only? Yes. So for lead generation, your segmentation is not going to be as important because you're not going to have the listing groups to tell you the specificity of a specific channel like shopping for those asset groups. So the, the standard uh, to which what Google is doing with those asset groups is they are blending those all together. And what I mean by that is when you look at your insights tab, you'll see that a specific you know, search category is probably found in all of your asset groups. The way this is working is, for example, if I have, let's say, five asset groups and they're all individual and let's... Um, Let's use, I'm going to use a product because that gives you a really good, good example of it. So my product I sell, I have one asset group for high heels. I have one asset group for sandals. I have one asset group for uh, tennis shoe. And I get a search category of shoe. It's going to say, well, that's found in those three asset groups. That's, that's common. Think of it like a broad keyword. That's how asset groups are, are sorry, that's how insights are working like a broad keyword. So for shopping, it's a lot more important to segment them out by one by one because you can see how the shopping campaign in that asset group to that signal is working. That is very valid quality. For lead generation, the only time that you would want to start to separate them out and see performance is if you did it by campaign. Then that campaign is going to say that campaign with that dedicated ad spend going to that audience signal. Then you separate those out well and you can control the ROAS you can, or CPA, you control the daily budgets. But know that regardless of what you do, Google is going to blend them all together and find the best performing audience in all of those asset groups, the signals combined. This is good though, because what you're doing is think of Google like a kleptomaniac. It is trying to steal any conversions it can. And all you're doing is giving it a big bank of signals. And each signal that you add is just widening and, and deepening that bank of, of availability. So if you add, and I'll give you a really good use case, the Venn diagram is overlapping, but the Venn diagram will get bigger. And so it's really cool. So if you said, okay, I have one signal, it's going to say I found 1,000 people total from that one signal. And you said, okay, I added another signal. It's going to say, cool, now I have 1,200 people total. Why? Because 1,000 of those overlap, but I found 200 more. So each time you add an asset group and add a signal, 
all you're doing is saying, is there overlap between everything that I have now? Yes. But what else did you find? And the, what else did you find? Is that, is that working? And I would ask you to go into the insights tab week or week or month over month, the selection on the top, right? Doesn't matter. But if you go into the insights tab and you'll see that you'll have, let's say five asset groups, you'll have search categories with say five asset, five asset, five asset, two asset, five asset, one asset, three asset, five asset, five asset. There's search categories that are only found in one of those asset groups. And that is the expansion that you just give it. So you can actually see how much do they overlap. And then each new signal, you're going to actually still see that overlap, but you're just adding 10 to 20% wider of an audience each time you do so. So that's how this is going to work, is you're simply widening the relevancy. Not as I said, right? You're widening the audience size, but with still the same amount of relevancy, just in different ways. Just like how broad keywords. If I have one broad keyword, it's like, yep, that's going to have a million people. Another broad similar keyword is like, well, those two overlap, but I found a few more here. That's exactly how the signals are working. Dylan M. Hey, guys. Um, best way to scale after using only a single asset group with my customer list while constantly rotating creative for three months. Budget won't spend, but realize is good using TCPA. Yep. So I would add as many audience groups as you care, assets as you can. The limit is 100, but add them as much as you can because what Google is doing right now is trying to remarket too hard. And that's why you're not spending. That's why it's not scaling. It's very similar to how smart shopping works. It's going to say, go after the people that are currently on my website, also in my customer list, and just try to get more of those. And that's why for smart shopping would, you dump a whole bunch more of my ad spend in, the more sales wouldn't come in, your ROAS would dip because you're remarketing to that audience harder. So you have to feed it cold traffic signals. So start another asset group with as many, and you can you don't have to segment them out yet. You can just do the easy way of adding a few asset groups first, but clone that asset group and then add in a, another um, in that asset group. The signal will be everything you can find in the interest and uh, demo, which is basically the in-markets and affinities. Clone that asset group, erase those, start another one with DSK keywords cold. What I would say is everything that you can see from your account before, like the last year, take all of the search terms that have converted that are non-brand, add those as a DSK. And that will actually say, okay, here's what the people that are typing, cold. And here's what the people that are interested, cold. Those are a lot of cold traffic signals. If you ever upload your own data, like here's my customer list, here's my all visitors, you, it's good. You'll, you'll front load it and it will grow out of that. But it takes a long time and it won't grow out of it with a restricted video strategy like TCP or TROS. So add a bunch of cold um, asset groups with cold signals to the existing campaign and turn off the TCBA. Don't, but don't increase the budget and you'll see it start to start to explore and, and start to convert those people. I'm sneaking in a second one for Dylan because I really appreciate Dylan, how succinct your questions are and how you organize this and made it easy on me. So Dylan also asks better to enable 25 plus new asset groups all at once or to do it slowly. It's only, it depends on what you want to do after. So there's no wrong way to do that, but you'll have limited control if you do it one way versus the other. So for example, if you had one asset group and fill with 50 cold signals and you look at your listing groups, that, that new asset group is going to be doing good or bad, but it's not going to give you exactly which specific signal is doing good or bad on the shopping. So if you can, when you segment them out, it means that now the control is, okay, what signal has what shopping performance? And then do you want to shut off products or do you want to shut off that signal? If you only have one SKU, you're going to have to shut off that signal which is even more important to segment them out individually. We recommend starting with like 70 or 80 asset groups with 70 or 80 different signals so that I can say, okay, well, this audience with that product, with that signal, bad. And you can start to control very at a very high level. Um, when I go to my listing group setting, I sometimes have a thousand lines because I have 300 SKUs or sometimes like 10 SKUs, but 300, 330 different ways. So it's, it's really interesting how you can... You can segment out by control, but you have to ask yourself, what do I want to do after if I have good or bad performance? Got a bit strategy question. We shifted a branded search campaign in e-commerce that was performing well from uh, max conversions to max conversion value and saw a nice uptick. But when we shifted into TROAS, we saw an immediate dip and have seemed to struggle since then, which was 10 days ago. Should we ride this out longer or pivot back? Do you have a preference in strategy MC versus MCV versus MCV plus TROAS? For... But TROAS, what you're doing is you're asking it to only go to the audience that knows it can convert. When you have maximized conversion value, it actually defaults to 150% TROAS, whether you add a TROAS or not. But what Wait, it doesn't do... Sorry, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Where did you hear that? Google. Wow. They recently, they recently said it's 200 now. Wow, that's huge. So regardless of whether or not adding a TROAS, they set a minimum threshold of 200%. Yeah, and that's why sometimes you'll run a maximized conversion value and you don't get a TROAS. Or you, sorry, you'll run maximized conversion value and your actual ROAS is like 80 you try to crank it up, it won't, it won't spend. So when you turn on maximized conversions, though, it will spend. Now, with e-commerce, sometimes you can't do this. Smart shopping, you couldn't. That's what I love about performance max is I can say, okay, I might have a $5 sample that I'm trying to sell, but smart shopping won't 
won't actually spend because I'm only making five dollars my ROAS is ten percent. Period. Like I'm spending hundred dollars my ten. I'm getting the customer that I want, but I can't scale because it defaults to hundred percent ROAS or it, it decays. So with a shopping campaign running on T, uh, running on maximized converted value, you do have a one fifty. T ROAS. It says go to all the cold traffic you want as long as it's over 150%. Okay, perfect. I can go, I can do that forever. And you're saying, okay, how many people are in there? Well, each week I find 10. Okay, now only focus on those 10 specifically. Okay, I got them. And then I have no one else left. You're not allowing me to go after anybody else because I don't know if they're gonna if they're going to convert. So I have to stick to the ones that I can try to convert. So when you remove the T ROAS and maximize conversion value has a baseline of 150 T ROAS, it still will though test cold traffic. And that's why sometimes you'll have you know good and bad performance. But if you just say, okay, instead of finding 10 new, only go after the 10 you just found. Perfect. It will, it'll do that. You'll get the t rows and then it stops. Um, that was a good question, Jason. Thank you for that. Uh, Dave Ashley, by the way, it was Dave's idea to take questions before the live stream started. So thank you, Dave, for helping to organize the infants here that don't know how to run our own Q&A. <laughs> uh, Dave asks, if an asset group slows to a crawl or if it's underperforming, when do you turn it off and what's your criteria? in parenthetical spend, row as time, et cetera. Will uh, other groups still use that signal since it was once in the campaign? I have an answer to this that comes from um, Jenny Marvin, by the way, that I don't believe, but we'll keep going. If you could speak a little to how you're managing your asset groups once data starts coming in outside of adding more asset groups, what, that would be great. Man, so this is a very loaded question because there's a whole bunch of, it's impossible. Misinformation. To, well, it's impossible to manage it that way. And here's what I mean is if you have an asset group that was running and did better and you build up new asset groups, what that means is that the Venn diagram of overlap is still there. It's just these people that are determined to be from Google uh, better than the previous way that they were, quote unquote, categorically engaged. So I'm trying to give a good example, but if it says, okay, I'm interested, I'm selling a windshield visor and I'm looking for car people. Yeah, car people, windshield visor, that's the only signal I have and where I started. It's going good. Uh, car people that are interested in sun visors, oh my God, ignore them. That overlap is working well here. If you shut that off, nothing's going to happen. You leave it running, nothing's going to happen. You, what you've done is you simply optimize that initial audience to something more refined at the same time that Google has been optimizing. So your changes, along with Google getting smarter, has simply just resulted in moving away. If you shut off that asset group, doesn't matter. It's still that overlap is still going to be there. They're just not now considered two people. They're just considered one person. But I guarantee you, if that same person did a Google search, they're going to find your Pmax ad, whether they think of it as two people or one person. That's the big disconnect that I think is, is also happening is right now for me, I have a client that I'm definitely not in their targeting. I'm not a young female interested in hair care products, as you could probably imagine. But if I Google any one of their high-performing keywords, I will see them at the top every single time. Three places in shopping and a search and one Pmax campaign. You're not going to push people away. Period. I, I will fight people on that. You will not push people away. That's why Google is not yet giving us the negative keywords because even they said they're like, eh, it, you shouldn't. You should use bidding strategy to push those people away. I agree. But you're still going to have a really good placement. They're just going to favor someone else. But you, I, I, I've essentially tried to move away from the sort of middle-aged bald male for the younger female beauty, and I still see them everywhere. It's not. You're not going to get rid of it. What you're doing is you've simply given more data that has refined that targeting to a different asset group because that is who they're performing with. But now you made an optimization, Google made an optimization. All of your assets in those asset groups have been now optimized. And also the um, the uh, uh, the attribution model of your conversions is going to also switch that. First click, you're going to have that asset group. Last click, you're going to have that asset group to good. Data-driven, all of them are going to have possible mediocre. So now there's another <laughs> another layer of complexity. Is how did Google initially see them? What did you initially start with? Were the ads performing well? What did you add? How fast did Google optimize? What is the attribution model that you're using? That's seven things that I can throw up to say, I'm not sure. Um, the way that we manage it is usually just by the same standard operating procedure of this is still a big bucket. And the way that those people are moving to and from, as long as they're not changing asset groups and then or listing groups and then having worse performance, which I have not yet seen. Uh, they've only gotten better and better and better. Amanda Houghton, for a multi-branded shoe e-commerce store. Didn't we wait, just get, a, wait, multi-branded what? A multi-branded shoe e-commerce oh, store. Shoe. Didn't we just get fired by a shoe e-commerce store? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Pull them, save their company through a pandemic, and then they're like, thanks, you're fired. Like, that's cool. Yeah, they so just like, got they, some full-stack agency that sold them a song and dance. They'll be back. Uh, I'm still seeing their uh, Google, so I still get like they're like all their products are becoming disapproved. I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. Um, I think I can turn off a remarketing display search campaign for brand Skechers 
as it cannibalized by a PMAX campaign. The audience signal in a PMAX campaign listing group brand Skechers shoes includes web visitors for the last 30 days to Skechers pages. Do you agree? Can, can you, can I see it? Sorry, I'm trying to, I'm not very good at interpreting audio. I like to read. No, I'm just sorry, reading. Reading. <laughs> so here's, here's Amanda's question here. Can you, you okay. Can... Yeah. For a multi-branded shoe e-commerce store. Got it. I think I can turn off a remarketing display search. So my question would be, is that search with display added as an RLSA or are those two different campaigns? I'm thinking it's one, but I think I could turn off a, I would guess it's a brand campaign uh, for brand sketchers. Yep. As it is kind of like, yep. The audience signal in PMAX campaign listing group brand sketcher shoes includes website business. Investor. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, now here's the, here's the thing. You can still run them side by side and they'll still perform with just varying levels of spend. So it's not necessarily a hundred percent shift to hundred percent shift because performance max favors new cold traffic more so than the remarketing traffic, which is why I think it's better than smart shopping. And so it is something that is more Facebook ads, pick a target, throw ads at it, scale. Because Performance Max is going to go after more new than repeat, you can still run them side by side, but your previous brand campaign that could spend pretty much unlimited might spend oh, 200 of $1,000 per day. Um, but those are people that PMAX is not going after. Those a lot of times are the remarketing. PMAX will favor new, search is going to favor anything else, which is doesn't matter. Remarketing could be could be new, but Pmax isn't targeting them because they don't know enough about that person. Again, it's what Google knows about them if they have a lot of good activity. So know that you can run them side by side, completely fine. You're going to have a limited spend in your search. Performance Max is going to take priority, but not of everything. So run those side by side uh, if you wanted to. But what this actually should do is you'll have very good performance in Pmax, but you'll have unbelievable performance in your search, just a smaller level. Uh, John Rolo for. Con- for conversion rate optimization, what changes make the biggest difference? In parentheticals, he has new bid strategy, landing page change, new channel, new creative, et cetera. I know it's not cut and dry. Just interested in your thoughts. For further clarification, I want more e-commerce sales or more lead forms. Where do you go first, second? Let's try a new campaign type. Let's try a new bid strategy. Just curious about your thought process. Yeah, it's campaign first, bid strategy second. Everything else is only 20% of the equation. Um, your campaign and your bid strategy, because you're going into a smart ecosystem and all that means is it gets to do what it wants is if you understand the bidding strategies you need to be maybe like married to them like know them intimately um that is going to move the needle far faster than anything you could possibly imagine uh, and i truly mean that the bid strategy up to change can be the difference between you know 10 success and 80 percent success like that that wide ranging for example, I have a very large client that I changed bidding strategy and I ended up reducing all of the cost and conversion value by 80%. I changed it back and it shot back up because I taught it a way to think for a very long time. And I've given it the measurement it needed, like only retracting conversions to know exactly how to convert. So it's a much bigger conversation. My opinion, though, is the first two things, 80% of the way there is going to be the campaign type, which I still like performance max. I think that you are going to have the multi-channel, multi-touch engagement that you will see. I challenge anybody. And I would actually, this is actually really interesting. I would say that if 10 people on this live did this, nine of them would look this way. Nine of them would look inside of the Google ads, under tools, in attribution, the conversions path is 20 to 30 to 40% of your converters in the last seven days took more than two ad clicks. I almost guarantee that. And that is what people have to take into consideration. Bidding strategy is going to affect who it goes after, who it brings back. Campaign type is going to find where those people live before they bring them to the channel or to your website before they try to bring them back. Now, I would argue that if a person is searching for something, they have a high intent, they're cold traffic, they were just introduced to your brand and they found two YouTube ads and then they saw a display and then they searched for your name and they clicked on shopping and they put something in the cart and they left and then shopping brought them back. And then they were about to purchase a look at your website and say, hmm, I don't like the way he wrote that headline. I'm not going to buy. That's not when things happen. <laughs> that's, the, that's the rest. That's when you've optimized everything else. And then it says, okay, well, what is the image? What's the landing page title? Like, do I have social proof? Yes, that helps. But if you bring crap uninterested traffic to that page, you're not going to do anything to that page that's going to just make junk traffic convert well. Otherwise, agencies wouldn't exist. So finding the right user with the right messaging in the ads and bringing them with asking Google to bring them to the page and bring them back to the page, that is going to be 80% of where this success comes from. After that thing is like honed in tight, we're like, I can't spend any more. My conversion rates are 15% and... 
my channels are optimized and I've gone through 80 different asset groups. So I've updated my videos 250 times. Legitimately, I have 250 videos running at the same time for one of my clients. Then say like, okay, now after all of that, what else do they need to see? So campaign type, bid strategy, 80% of your value there first. Uh, Akash Lumba. Hey guys, I had a quick question. If I have a pretty successful search campaign going on, what should I do in this case? Run Pmax alongside it, but not use keywords as an asset group or run Pmax alongside search uh, and use winning keywords as an asset group or don't use Pmax at all? The reason I'm asking is because I'm worried that the asset group from Pmax with search keywords as a signal might end up competing with my current search campaign. Yeah, anything that, well, here's what's interesting too, and I just found this out kind of today. Now, Google still stands by their original statement, but when I challenged them in a very friendly way today with with examples, they're like, I'm not sure that that should be happening. So Google said that a exact match keyword in a search campaign will not compete with Performance Max. And they've reiterated that with an email again today. And I said, well, what's happening here? I have a Performance Max campaign that's spending, no joke, probably $2,000 a day on just these two keywords. And my my exact match brand campaign can't spend more than $300 a day. And I'm trying to spend $3,000 a day with either max APC of $10, which is $9 higher than it should be, or even maximize conversions. Pmax still scoops up all of my exact match search campaign. If you run Pmax, you will cannibalize everything you have running, period, eventually. So know that and understand that and appreciate that because I think that that's where it's going to help 90% of you out there of if, when, should I. It's no longer a choice of how can I. It's a choice between am I running Pmax or not. That's it. Dude, how does Google respond to that though? Because they they sent us that freaking chart, the prioritization chart showing us where Pmax wins, where Pmax loses. And it, I mean, it should have just been a big PMAX logo because apparently it wins everything. Well, I have it in my inbox as of 11.49 a.m., which is an hour and a half ago. Same thing. Uh, here's the trumping logic I mentioned. Have a great weekend from Google. And they are amazing, unbelievable, fantastic people. They are. I'm honored to work with them. I just don't see the same result. That, that. <laughs> I like how <laughs> you, they're amazing. We love them. They lied. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. definitely not true. The data that they are being received from Google is not the data that I can share. And when I pulled up my screen, I said, well, why is this happening? They said, I don't know. Uh, try expanding into different keywords. And I said, well, that's a good idea. Like, try different exact match keywords. But what about the two, the two exact match keywords in my search campaign and my two search category keywords in my performance max campaign that are spending five grand and like 300 bucks? I'm like, should be this one winning. And she says, well, I think it was updated. Let me send you a new one. And so I said, thank you. We got the call. She sent me the new one. Still the same thing. Search campaign with exact match compared to performance max search campaign entered in the auction. I don't Once know. we get negatives in Pmax, we'll be able to sculpt. That might not actually be coming out. What? They told us everybody was getting it. I know. And then this team was like, ah, we have it. But we also have it in smart shopping. <laughs> so it's like, that's interesting. Again, when you talk to Google, um, everyone will give you a slightly different story. Dude, so, we heard from, I, she was pretty high level too, right? That Google gal told us every single... The same level as these people I spoke about today. One says yes, one says no. Wow. Well, one said yes, I was told. The other one says, I don't think so. That's not what we heard and not what has been normally happening. So Google has tools that they have internally. I feel so abused. (laughs) Here's what's funny. She said, well, we started smart shopping. And then smart shopping got native keywords for us and general population didn't. And then what she said is, she said is then we got performance max. And then Performance Max got negative keywords for us. We haven't heard it's supposed to be the general population. The other person says, no, we heard this for us and it's coming and it should be live for everyone. And I'm like, I have like 200 campaigns running and none of them have negative keywords. She's like, that's odd. I'll get back to you. I'm still waiting. So who knows? Um, one says yes. One says possibly. We don't think so. So yeah. And those are and those are the two different teams that also work with the product team. So <laughs> I feel I don't so know. gaslit. This is abuse. Um, Slack, we're like, whoa. All right, high fives all around. And then, yeah, my, my, it's like you won the lottery. You're like, yeah, it's like, just kidding. Dude, it's so negatives in Pmax is so necessary for so many reasons. This is just one of them. Exact match is one, brand is another, competitors are another. Like, there are reasons that Dude. we would need to canvas and sculpt these you would think campaigns. So. You would think so until you actually look at the real paths and you're like, oh, well, shit. Um, so, for example, uh, here's one path that I saw. Uh, this last week. Let me know when you see this. This is one person. That's one path. One path. One one person. Well, that's the 500 click paradigm they're pushing. Yeah. Well, that's what's funny is they said, well, what industry is this? Hair care. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the brand because I have to scroll up here. 
but it's like search direct referral, direct referral, direct six more times, another search, search, a 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 dynamic search, a search, a search, YouTube remarketing, YouTube remarketing, a search, dynamic, Facebook. And then it says, okay, when you want to push away the brand, what did you do? I don't know. You know what I want? I want negatives that apply only to acquisition traffic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need a no. I'm, this is smart. I know. Hear me out. I need a funnel, and then I need to be able to tell you where to put my sculpting. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I said, the other part too, and I thought was hilarious. It's like I saw three YouTube ads today from who? From Fry's Grocery Store. Do you need groceries? I do. When are they open? I don't know. I haven't looked at another ad yet. Mm. Did you Google search the brand? Yeah. Well, that doesn't. It's like well, shit. When people want to do something, they Google the brand. They don't wait for another ad. So then you have to think about, well, what happened before that? Did they see YouTube ad? Yeah. GSP ad? Yeah. Facebook ad? Yeah. Instagram ad? Yeah. <laughs> so what the Google's answer to that is so smart. I still do it. I don't. I still want negatives. I'm not buying that. Well, here's 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 the way that you do this though. This is a trade secret. So I'm going to be very light. Don't give Google the opportunity to capture the people that are about to search for you. We've done that very successfully, very successfully, to the tune where my one campaign will spend five grand and get two thousand dollars in new traffic and twenty five thousand dollars in returning, and then the other campaign will spend two grand and get five thousand new and only two thousand. I have the data to prove it. I think I might be able to share it if I can. If I can hide, you know what? I might just uh, I just do this real quick. This is brilliant, and I can't share it with everyone because I think my competition is working. But if all my smart, scrappy folks out there, you'll figure how to catch on to this one. So let me just share this one. Let me get to that campaign, um, uh, and it's all of the old smart shopping campaigns uh, that we transferred into Performance Max. And I have the data in Nordbeam through a custom-built integration through this client and Nordbeam. Uh, each time a sale happens, they send the CRM data through a custom API. It took us a month and a half to build. So this is self-reported data. It's very, very accurate. Um, so I've been using this to pretty much show all of that. Um, let me... It's loading. It's a big beast. So it might take me a second. So we can answer another question while I'm getting this thing loaded. Uh, Khalid Alamari. One of my PMAX campaigns stopped spending. I adjust the T-ROAS next day to stop... Wait. I adjust the TROS, then next day stop spending. I went down by 10% on the TROS. Do I have to wait or pass and create a new one? Thanks, guys. No, think of it big. Um, if you put a TROS on and it completely stops, it means it has no one that it can see. You need more time and more ad spend. A uh, couple more from Dylan M. Uh, do we know Dylan? We know Dylan, don't we? Yeah, he's um, he was in our masterclass. He was a gentleman that does uh, creatine gummies. Oh, cool. Creatine gummies. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I hated taking creatine. Mm-hmm. It was so chalky. If I had a gummy, I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Uh, clicks have continuously gotten more expensive over three months, from seventy cents to a buck ten. Maybe it's time to switch from T CPA to T ROAS. Although ROAS is currently only at two hundred percent. I'm hoping that's on Pmax. I don't know. I don't know I, if it's in Pmax. What happens is you're actually just finding the channel that conversions are coming from, and it's most of the time DSA and shopping, a lot less search, YouTube, and GSP discovery. Those are more expensive networks, but usually that's where conversion takes place. Um, again, the th- things I want to focus on is AOV and LTV, and it's just a CAC versus LTV model. What does it cost acquired a customer? What do they spend for you? And then back it into it that way. Uh, looking at a Google Ads T ROAS or Google Ads ROAS is one snapshot, but you're missing out everything else. We had a client actually cut the ROAS goal in half. Uh, Dylan, hey, I just saw it pop up. Yes, it is. So if it's performance max, all they're doing is just testing different channels and saying, well, the conversions are coming from here, and this is what it costs to get those conversions. Um, Dylan, I know that you have a really good LTV. This is the name of the game here, which sucks. And I'm okay with you saying, hey, if you increase your your cost or your product by two bucks, you shouldn't change your world, but you can offset that cost. Um, not saying that's going to help, but don't be afraid to you know raise your price a little bit. I mean, inflation's happening pretty much across the board. Everyone's doing it. Um, so it's not a, a not uncommon, but don't be afraid to be like, yeah, I'll take it up two bucks uh, per per conversion or per sale. Dylan also asks, is TROI setting effective sub three hundred percent? Heard you use that figure last live. Uh, say one more time. Sorry, I was getting this prepared. Is TROX effective if it's less than 300%? Not really. No. What, what happens, again, the difference is whether you're using it, let's just use round numbers. If no TROS goal defaults to 200 and you put a $200 TROS, those are two different things. One is of the people you know, above 200, go after them. This one says try to get any cold traffic in the future, be a little bit less restrictive of any cold traffic at 200. So one is how many people do you have? I have 10 every week or I have 10 now. This one says continue on the 10 every week. This one says only those 10 now. And that's why those things die off quickly. Uh, I'm going to start with our chat chat now because we just ran out of questions in the pre-chat. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm, 
Uh, Nerf Beam's a big animal, and so this thing just says, please wait. I keep Each time I make an adjustment, like cash versus uh, accrual, traffic source, time, it just takes a second. So I'm almost there. That's all right. Just out of curiosity, dude, have you heard anything about Triple Whale? Have we played with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Triple Whale very well. Good or bad? Um, there's a gentleman that we used to work with very closely for a very good client. The conversations were never or for very little about the marketing of the account, but was more about how Norbeam worked. So it was like, we kind of had a bunch of conversations about Norbeam. Uh, oh, and how it often worked for Triple Whale. I get emails like, hey, it's first week here. And you kind of let me know, like, hey, I'm going to work for Triple Whale. I'm like, that's cool. Um, so we built uh, kind of odd. <laughs> so there's some things in there that probably are are from Norbeam. I'm not going to make an accusation. I just thought that was an odd. I will. <laughs> that's, that's obvious. Second so guy. Works for this. Wow. The guy that we worked with there, he at, at the the client is he's a he's a great person. He's like, hey, I'm getting a job. And this is like after six months of talking about Norpeam, and all of a sudden he just ends up getting a job there. And he's like, hey, I'll put you in touch with the CEO, and they loved all of your attribution models they have for I'm like, of course. <laughs> uh, here, here's uh, perfect. Let's do this. Um, can I? Yes, I can. I have to just kill this tap here a little bit. Yay! Uh, perfect. I'm going to okay. I think I can do this here. Uh, give me one second. Yes. All right. Let me share my screen. We're ready. Check this out. Can you see this here? Uh, it's not sure enough yet, is it? No, I'm going to enable okay. it. Oh, there it is. So, uh, actually, let me stop sharing. I'm going to hide something. Uh, partial. Probably not, but just more of a... We got somebody on here named No Nasties. No Nasties. I like it. Uh, perfect. So, can you see this here now? Um, this is... Uh, so you know, I can hover it over. See says how it says performance max, non-brand, catch-all, old SS, old smart shopping campaigns. Mm. This has all of the signals from what I would need to get a branded conversion from. The rest of them do not. This is one date and time on the 18th. We spent $30,000 in just performance max. And the one... Oh, dude, that's brilliant. Yep. And so this is my catch-all from all my smart shopping campaigns. It says all my customer lists, my website visitors, my converters, my remarketing, my brand terms, all the good stuff. I loaded it with all the things that would get to come back. So you spend- the fact that Performance Max steals to your advantage. And so Performance Max will steal from Performance Max is what you're saying. Yeah. So this Performance Max here has been five grand. I got $2,000 in new revenue, $26,000 in returning. My ROAS is 500% on my, my existing branded traffic. My other ones here, I spent 4,700, got 4,600 new, 2,000 repeating, spent 3,300 here, got 3,000 new, 2,000 repeating, spent 3,200 here, got 2,600 new, 1,000 repeating. So you can see a lot more new than repeat until I want them to get my repeats. Wicked smart. So people are like, oh, I can't scoop brand. That's okay. You gotta be smarter. You just have to, you have to instill the strategies in order to manipulate the results of the Google ads campaigns. And that's what I love is I'm going to guarantee that our competitors are not going to do that. And I want that to happen. And I don't want them to have negatives. I don't want them to cheat. You have to actually know how to use this stuff. Uh, Arms and Andes. Hi guys. I'm Melissa, co-founder of Arms and Andes. We're an e-commerce sustainable clothing brand, all digital marketing. We do ourselves and we thank you guys for the great content. Thanks, Melissa. Uh, do you recommend using the videos Google makes for Pmax? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> you mentioned Sometimes. in your past video that Google videos have been working well. We have two sustainable clothing brands that are for different audiences, but there's some overlap between them. One is Arms and uh, Vandy's an outdoor alpaca wool brand, and another called Aya is an organic Pima cotton lifestyle brand. That's cool. Uh, I actually have a clothing brand that uses those funky little slideshow YouTube videos. And they're working. Uh, yeah, uh, let me, let me, um, I think I can share there. There's just there. I'm not going to go into how the strategy is built out or all the freaking asset groups that we have. Just imagine it's a lot, but, um, Who is it? section 119. Okay. So again, I do have a brand campaign running because I will try to steal as much out of, uh, performance max as I can. So you see my brand here though, really easy to spend, uh, you know, get a 10,000 row as, uh, where's my normal? There it is. Uh, where's my conversion value? Sorry. Hold on. Let me just do this one here conversion value let's raise that up here i'll i like doing this so that you know i'm not full of bs and you're actually following a company that knows what they're doing so branded spend 150 bucks make 15 grand yay easy peasy performance max spending 13 grand and make 65 so you see the ROAS is you know 10,487 but if you do this and you go into uh view rate uh if you google average youtube ad view rate average youtube ad view rate is 31.9 percent and this one here, I am getting, oh no, oh, there it is, yep. Performance Max, 48. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> and this is consistent. It started off horribly. I think in like the well, first. I, can I just fight you on something? Yeah. Yeah. 39. YouTube view rate is 31%, but Performance Max doesn't just show videos in, in YouTube. So that view rate data point is also from display based videos, right? No. Well, that's according to Google, they said no, that's only YouTube channel because the view rate actually has to be engaged. It can't just play in the background. That was going to be my question is if you're just on a page and there's a video playing in the background. Okay. No, it's like almost remember when you used to autoplay embedded videos, it didn't count as a view on YouTube because yeah. you played same, same thing theory, but I'm getting now it's at 49.35% this last week, 50%. Now here's the, and if you're anything over 10 seconds, with, yes, but these are also 15 second videos. So here's the dishonesty part portion. Do they watch more than 10 seconds? Yes. Do they watch more than 15 seconds? No, <laughs> okay, yeah. they, they can't. So half the people after after 10 seconds are skipping, but it's not horrible. Yeah, but the skippable is five to six seconds. So if they're watching 10 seconds, that means that they retain. Then my, my challenge to that, though, if I was a client pressing me for actual real data, I said, so you're basically saying it's not the, the ads are not bad enough that they say, well, it's 15 seconds. I'll wait rather than mm -hmm. trying to hit it after six seconds. So you have a nine seconds of pain there. Is so are all of Google's slide videos 15 seconds? So far. Uh, why is 15 uh, seconds their gold standard? I think my theory is that they're going to be testing as non-skippables. Uh, I think that's going to happen. So what's the, are, are we recommending people use the videos or not? Well... The one time I've used them to an extent, I have a 500 ROAS campaign and a 50% view rate. So my test one data it. point says not terrible. Yeah, test <laughs> okay. it. I don't recommend it. Don't try for it, but it's not going to kill things. I have some calls to make because I've still told some people not to do this. <laughs> I just did a talk at Impact, dude. I just got well, finished the freaking keynote. I have one use case, and that's yeah. not going to be happening every time. That's so but the, funny. But that's the thing, too, is like, it's, it's don't do it. Like, here's the thing. Like, all right, listen, creative team, this is what we're going to do. You ever seen PowerPoint 1997? <laughs> that's what we're doing. Like, <laughs> it's not a good idea. But, dude, it's, it's, not, not it's not just PowerPoint 1997. It's PowerPoint 1997, but it's being manned by the Terminator. Like, right. And then someone's kid at Google that's nine years old slamming his hand on the keyboard. It's like, dun, 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 dun. like, that's your music. It's terrible. Uh, John Ray, I don't want to get duplicate leads, but I'm using my conversions as an audience signal. I've got about 9,000 of these conversions in my account. I'm assuming a PMAX campaign is smart enough to use the conversion as a signal alone and not try to get another conversion from these people that have already converted. I, uh, I don't see a way to exclude this audience. No, I wish. It is actually a hard target with expansion opportunity if. So if you give it a signal, it's going to go there. It's going to go there hard. It's going to go there fast. It will expand out and learn eventually, but you will get those repeats for sure. Uh, no nasties. We have a PMAX campaign with 25 asset groups. It's been running for two weeks. No data from us. Uh, and another PMAX campaign before this campaign with 10 to 15 asset groups, 30 days running with a daily budget of 65 euro. But our ROAS on those campaigns isn't coming above 60 to 80%, so we're losing money. Uh, they sell soap, shampoo, etc. Low margins. What do we look at? Impressions, clicks, conversions. Average order value is 30 euro. Yeah, average order value of 30 euros is where the issue um, is. Well, but it's a consumable, so just pay attention to lifetime value. Right, right. Um, here's here's what I recommend. Now, here's here's the thing. A lot of agencies, almost everyone, will not touch an e-commerce campaign if the AOB is under 80 or 90 for this exact reason, especially as Google gets more expensive. And if you ever get into the $22 click range, like our good friend, um, I'm so sorry, I forgot his name. It's not coming to me. I'm terrible with names. Dylan? Dylan. Yes, like our good friend Dylan here, where he's kind of creeped up to the two really not range. a good friend if you don't know his name. I, he's not my best friend. He's just a good friend. <laughs> Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> but if you get into that $2 click range, you have to have a, uh, what is that, 15 clicks now before you're completely wiped out, not only your profit, but also your cost. So 15 clicks would be $30. And so that's the issue is this is going to get more expensive and this is going to get better though. But those two things may run parallel. Like, hey, it's getting better, but it's also getting more expensive. I'm never getting above 80. I've seen this for years. If you're um, no nasties, are you running on Shopify? Uh, if you can, um, I'd like to share with you something that's very, very helpful for all of my Shopify folks here. It's 12 bucks a month, but it is it is amazing. Are we affiliates? No, probably. Well, I don't even know. Affiliates. <laughs> probably. I'm just, I just like giving away help. Uh, so it's called by the numbers. Oh yeah. You know that one? Scott. Oh, big commerce. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So what was that? Scott. Scott socialite purchase it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it gives you average order value and then average repeat. So it's like, cool. So your average order value multiplied by a repeat is your AOV. You can run it by a day, week, month, year. Yeah. I mean, you can still do that on a napkin though. So yeah. Yeah. That's still you can do it. Dan so, Rosette says, Hey, can you answer my question? I was on top. Sorry, Dan. Okay, I'll get right to it. But just no nasty is right after um, for this part here. That AOV thirty is going to be the culprit. I have not found a way to get like ten dollar conversions with you know rising CPCs of like two bucks. 
you're talking about 20% conversion rates. And if you falter from 20%, you're done. Um, that's not a, that's not a good area. So the model doesn't support paid traffic at this level. That's, that's the reality of it. And I beat my head against the wall for years and not come out with anything better, anything I've ever tried. Now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I can consistently get 150, 160, but that's where the LTV comes in. Um, it has to be there. So, uh, any Shopify info is helpful. We use it. Arms, uh, go to buy the numbers, B Y the numbers, buy the numbers as an app inside Shopify. It'll tell you all of your average car value, your, um, uh, sorry, LTV by audience. So people that order more than five times usually spend X and it can export a list. You can use as custom audience inside of Google ads. It's fantastic. Uh, perfect. So, hey, can you answer my dad? Uh, dad says, Hey, can you answer my question? I just want to apologize to Dan and Jason. Both of them got skipped. Here's what's happening. I have a post on YouTube where I asked everybody to load up their questions. They loaded up the questions as I'm going through it. People are adding to it, but they're also in chat. So the chronology is split because there's people that ask the question in chat before they ask the question on the thread. And I'm having a hard time controlling that. So I'm going to figure out a better process. So what you're saying is it's Dan and Jason's fault. This is Dan and Jason's fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just, I, I feel bad because I don't want people to feel like they're being skipped, but I need to find a, a clean way to address all of these. So we'll figure that out. Uh, so do we see Dan's question? Yeah. Dan says, does it happen to you that everything goes very good and you're getting consistent sales and then suddenly one or two random days with barely any sales? Why does this happen? Yes. Uh, especially for the first three to four weeks, what Google is doing is testing that Google said, don't actually look at the campaign performance for three to four weeks. We had a campaign not spend for three weeks and all of a sudden pop up on week four. Like it didn't spend, it got like one click a week. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's just like, ah! I'm like, okay, what happened was <clears throat> now a lot of things that play here, but typically the 80% generic answer is it's going to say, okay, perfect. I'm getting DSA. Those are converting well. How about shopping? Let's do pretty good. How about display? Uh oh, okay. Well, what about back to DSA? That's good. How's discovery? Uh oh, oh. Okay, back. So you're doing the same thing. And that says, okay. How about remarketing? We've got some DSA traffic. Cool. How about remarketing those people on display? Oh, good. How about remarketing those people on discover? Uh oh. It's literally doing all of that at once. So what you're, what we have to understand is, if you were running seven campaigns at once with remarketing, how long is that going to take you? to get pretty good consistency. Any honest marketer would say, you know, quite a few months. That's exactly what's going through here in an automation. What, what is an honest marketer? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've evaluated campaigns. I'm like, and your triplicate count. Ah. Nicholas says, tips and tricks for new physical therapy clinic. I know in the pre-PMAX days, you're excited about DSA. What about today? Um, you know, what's interesting is I've seen a lot of needle movement with local campaigns. Now, local campaigns are going to turn into performance max, which is kind of sucks. Dude, it's doing well with Nito. Yeah. $500 a month in a Montessori school, and they're seeing better results than they've seen with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I even get that with my app downloads. It's unbelievable. But local campaigns, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, we don't offer local campaigns only because they are fairly, truly set it. Forget it. There's no targeting. There's no geography. Uh, it just goes off your GMB. But I swear, those things are little engines that could. Like, holy crap. They are just they're amazing. So my opinion... Before you pay an agency, before you try any kind of ninja secret sauce, run a good solid local campaign. We have a video on your YouTube channel on how to launch one. It's that simple. They are amazing, though. So seriously, I, I, I highly, highly recommend it. Nick Miller, for lead gen, what attribution window do you use? 90 days or shorter using DDA rather than time decay now that PMAX is here? I use first click for lead generation. Last click is always going to be your brand. Your data, your data driven is going to be 50-50. Um, I always use first click for lead generation. Um, reason being is I also normally have Northbeam installed so I can see kind of what happened. But the first click allows me to effectively rebuild and build out new asset groups or new campaigns or new asset groups based on what I'm seeing first, not what I'm seeing in the middle or what I'm seeing last. Um, usually first is you can still replicate that same model because your funnel didn't change. You're just bringing in more conversions where they started. So I usually use first click. Uh, do we get J Jason's question? I'm going down the line. Oh, so Jason James said you guys question past two. I wasn't sure. With the high ticket e-commerce store, gym equipment, and and often two weeks to conversions, how many days of no sales in PMAX before I should hit the panic button and try something else? Three months. It's a lot of days. <laughs> it is. It is. I am I'm not even joking on that one. If you're saying before I switch, here's the thing. I have yet to see Performance Max do a less than anything else I've ever tried. Um, so I would say honestly, three months is a really fair test. You think about 
two weeks worth of um, worth of testing kind of per channel. And I, Google has to see that and I start mm-hmm. to replicate it. So um, says I'm, I'm four and a half weeks into a new campaign that's losing money, three months. Okay, I'm beginning a month too. Three months is kind of like the, am I starting to see signs of life? That's the thing. High ticket, long lag is expensive. It sucks. And I don't recommend them. Uh, because of the issue, if you're trying to do this on like, hey, a budget or or this works, like I would push away clients because of that. And then I'd also say, where else can they buy? Where are my competitive alternatives? Because you do it for three and a half months and it still doesn't work. And then find out later, well, there's a very similar product on Amazon that is eating my lunch. You never were going to be successful at the beginning. But if you have competition that is equally uh, unique selling proposition, unique value proposition, uniquely priced, or has convinced an audience that they are uniquely uh, different than yours for cheaper, it might come down to price. And that's the part that is horrible is the, uh, after four and a half weeks, should we keep T rows or no run, uh, run three months wide open? No, no T row has no TCPA run it wide open. Cause what you're doing is Google found an audience and it thinks, and it's just going to try to beat the crap out of that same audience forever. It's not going to expand out into new. So first 90 days, and this is something that has been, we've been saying this for about a year or two, first 90 days, never run, TROS, never run TCPA, leave it wide open. Uh, let the algorithm learn. You run TROS and TCPA when you say, I love this performance, get me exactly that for as long as you can. If you don't love the performance, don't run TCPA or TROS because you're going to get the exact same. Otherwise, the campaign's going to die. It doesn't go after new audiences that are magically going to convert better. It doesn't work that way. Google buys first, focuses. It doesn't do nothing than focus. We're doing the strategy you guys recommended in hyper-segmenting our categories for our shirts. What would be the next step after... A week. Uh, Should we remove poor performing assets or turn off uh, certain asset groups? Well, your assets are actually not going to be poor performing after a week yet. Um, after about a month, you're going to start to you're going to see um, a the asset groups don't don't give you a a uh, a result and then stay a result. I've seen campaigns that have low performing assets turn into good performing assets, turn into best performing assets with just time because it has more conversions and it's getting smarter and optimizing. So in the first month or two, don't touch it. Don't, honestly, don't touch it. That's the Section 119 campaign um, that I shared with you. I went from 350 ROAS to 500 ROAS in three weeks without touching it once and just letting it do its thing. Um, so that's what you have to think about is you're taking a kid in school and it's like, hey, that person, that kid did really good in second grade and now it's going to go into third grade. How do I get them to fifth? You know? <laughs> You're a horrible father. <laughs> it has to learn, period. You're a doctor yet. <laughs> right. Doctor, so you can set it up in the best way possible, but you need to give this time and know that as this progresses, you're going to see those results change as well internally. Um, so again, time is is more important now than anything else. We thought smart shopping took a long time. This takes three times longer. Um, but when you set up the right way, you don't touch it. You don't mess with it. And you don't interrupt. Uh, remember that sequence I was telling you where it's like, hey, these people took like 27 times before they converted. You're trying to say like, well, what if the past 14 was different? You know, it, it, we're... we're we have to give this a lot of time to find that good consistency. If you have five sales and low-performing asset, after 10, it could be your best. But if you swap that out, you just delayed this longer. And now you don't have a result. And now it's not getting better. And you're wondering what's going on. So just know that this thing does take time. Um, five minutes. You want to try to wrap it for? Yeah. I think uh, I, I still have 30 minutes. Or actually, another 20 minutes if you do. I don't know if you're free. What do I got going? Oh, you got to I mean, I have to jet, okay. but I can just hand controls over to you, I think. Yeah, well, I have to do an evaluation, so right, because I go to buzz rapid fire as fast as possible. Uh, ben starts to love you guys. I'm running a shopping, uh, I'm running smart shopping only for a long time now, and I want to upgrade to Performance Max. Should I start with my smart shopping until he dies and pause it after? Run Performance Max at the same exact ad spend as your existing smart shopping campaign. You will see the budget switch over. You're going to see some wonkiness too. It's going to be like, for smart shopping did zero, then it did $100, then it did zero, then it did $100, and then it'll just flatline. So you're going to have some transitioning period of oddities for days. Just let it go. And then your one will die. And then, um, and then continue on with performance max, but don't shut up perform- smart shopping and then launch performance max. Cause you're going to stop remarketing and start cold. Bad idea. Please help with asset grouping for pet categories and signals. See over time. Please help with asset grouping for pet categories and signals. One asset group per category, replicate that asset group four times, one signal per replication. You're going to end up like 80. We did the hyper-segmenting thing, right? Arms yep. of Andes. When we hyper-segmented for our shirts, V-necks, long sleeves, etc., we did one keyword for an ad set and another keyword for another ad set. Is that too hyper-segmented? Not at all. They're going to overlap, but Google's going to choose the one that performs best, which all that means is, is one of those things that overlap perform better. You shut the other one off. Yay, we win. Uh, I got two more questions over here. 
Okay, let's do this here. Um, I'm going to just give you that section 119. Uh, I'll just give you a quick little brief snapshot into this. And you, this is where you're going to see some really fun stuff. So while you're doing that, Arms of Andes is saying during the three months of not touching anything, that also means not adding any new asset groups or assets? Right. Well, you can. It might might have a better or worse performance. So if you're seeing it better and you start adding, it's better. Keep going. Here's what's interesting. So you see board shorts, board shorts, board shorts, uh, board shorts around here again. Let me just do this here. Well, check this out. This is the last seven days. So board shorts to this audience, 495. Board shorts to model converters, 174. Board shorts to my interest demo, 281. Board shorts to my converter terms, 217. I found a winner. Now, this flip-flops a little bit over week, over week, month, over month, but that's the, what the capabilities you have now. Uh, we have 47 products and over 647 SKUs, variants according to size and colors. What budget do you recommend? 47 products, $300 a day. I was going to say five grand a month. You win. I think we did it. Did we miss yeah. anybody? Again. Yeah, I think I, I, I want to make sure our advantage during three months of not touching PMS campaigns, that means not adding anymore. Here's what I would say is you, unless you have a very strong, overwhelming signal that you just need to dive into, I wouldn't because the signals also change. But if you find that week one, this one signal, like the, the audience signal inside your insights tab is like it's 80 percent of my conversion has an index of 10 and everything else is like kind of flip flopping. Build another asset group for that for that audience as a signal. That's safe to do. If there's like overwhelming good performance in an area, yes. Um, but don't be like, this one looked a little bit better. This week we'll add that because next week when it dips, you're gonna see it go down. So know that your insights are also fluctuating. So you're looking for commonalities. These nine chains, this one stays constant. Perfect. There's your target. Perfect. We had two new members, by the way. We've got Jason James and Hassan Aman. Uh, dude, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that this is always going to be members-only chat. We're never going to run out of uh, questions. And y'all, I'm sorry that the Q&A process is disjointed. I'll figure out a better um, way to approach it. Um, yeah, that's cool. I just became a member. I will shoot my mediocre GMC questions to the next Q&A. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming to be a member. That's so fun. It's, yeah. it's funny. It's yeah. like it's not about the money. It's, it's not money-related. It's nice that they organize. I'm sorry that there's money involved, but um, it's just nice to be able to kind of have like a really good group of people that are like really wanting to make this work. It's fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Every Friday, one o'clock. Um, what are we saying? One o'clock Pacific? Yeah. One o'clock PST until we change to one o'clock MST. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Every Friday, one o'clock PST for now. Appreciate everybody who's a member. Thank you all. Subscribe to our channel. Tell everybody we're the best at Google. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs>